five titles on the line. I say something's bound to give. I believe we'll leave here tonight with new champions in some area. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got the best seat in the house. Uh, we can't wait. The G1 special from the Cow Palace in Frisco starts now. So, Frank, how nice was it to be able to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling at a reasonable time? I loved it. Yes. Like, as much trouble, I had trouble logging in because, like, wouldn't you know it, it's not included with the damn, like, network. I mean, like, I get it because it's on American television. I think, yeah, technically they can include it on the network, yeah. right? It's like a local sports team being blacked out if the event, you know, locally, if the event didn't sell out. But I, I now understand the pain of all those poor English fans who have to stay up until 3 in the morning to watch Raw every week. You know, I do. Some of the podcasts I listen to like talk about that, and I was like, oh, that must be horrible. It is horrible. Yes. Like Usually I don't mind watching it the next day, but this yeah. is something like I had to see mm-hmm. live, and yeah. then I had the opportunity, which is awesome. Yes. But normally when watching New Japan, we're up, the ones up at 3, 4 in the morning trying to like, ugh, yeah. coffee. <laughs> which is really hard when you work at you know 7 in the morning. Yeah, well, five. thankfully I work at 2 in the afternoon, so well, it's you all You suck. Fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. Alrighty, so getting into this night, do you want to introduce our first match? Yeah, actually, sure. Well, well, I guess we're talking about what we actually are recording tonight, which yeah. is uh, the G1 special in San Francisco. From I love the, the names of their pay-per-views. They're so unassuming. It's from the historic Cow Palace. The, I, I always laugh when it's the, like, the Sears Palace or yeah. the, um, I'm trying to think of another silly name, the, like the Snickers Stadium or whatever. Or here in St. Louis, the Scott Trade slash Enterprise Center. Yeah, the Enterprise now. Yeah. Um, I always laugh, but when they call it the Cow Palace, they say it with no like well, humor whatsoever. Do you know why it's the Cow Palace? No, I don't think it, I... They used to be a livestock auctions there. That's why it's the Cow Palace. Is that why it's so big? Yes. Oh my God. It was, it was I guess, I, well, yeah, San Francisco would have been a big cow town back in the day. Yeah, well, it's also a very historic wrestling venue because like Super Brawl was there one year, the year that uh, Piper fought Hogan. Classic territorial San Francisco wrestling was there. Pat Patterson back in the day. So it has a full rich history. Yes. Before we very even get old to... building, almost a hundred years old. Interesting. So we have a big night of Bullet Club confrontation ahead of us. Yes. Kenny Omega, fresh off his win, uh, dethroning Okada, an amazing match. Is set to defend his title for the first time against Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. Am I allowed oh, to call uh, him Rhodes? No, you know it's I... on television, so it's Cody. Cody. But that's why Brandy is always introduced with him, because it's Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah, I love that. Like, technicality. Yes. Fuck you, WWE. <laughs> All right, so you, uh, getting into our first match. Yes. A little Starting off the night with some Bullet Club action, and they're facing Chaos, and representing Chaos, we have... We have Rapongi yeah, 3K. Rapongi 3K, Rocky Romero, Show Yo, Show and Yo, Yoshihashi. And Guido, I And Guido, yeah. yeah. The de facto trainer leader of... Chaos. Chaos. Now he's uh, like, so he took over when Nakamura left. Nakamura, the original founder of Chaos, yes. essentially. And Ghetto technically is also the booker. He, he's oh, the yeah, ma- he is the booker. He, he's, he's the, the one he's... that wins all the awards from, um, yeah, he, from he, Dave fucking Meltzer. Fucking Dave um, Meltzer. So representing uh, Bullet Club, we have uh, uh, Takahashi and uh, 
Chase Owens. Yes. And is it Meng? It was Meng in WCW. It was Haku in the WWE. It's Haku tonight. The legitimately probably still the baddest man in the history of wrestling. Yes. And I love that he also starts off the match. Like, yes. in the, So like, tell me a little bit about the, the G.O.D. Girls of Destiny. Okay. So yeah. it is the Tongan faction of the Bullet Club. And it's got founding member uh, Tonga. And then Tonga Loa, who was Camacho in the WWE, who was the Mexican low-riding bike guy that was accompanied uh, several wrestlers to the ring back in the day. Because American wrestling is nothing if not racist. Yeah, well, because, you know, a lot of the Japanese wrestling is really any better from that respect, but... Yeah, I, it's harder for me to see it because I don't. that's not the culture I live in, I guess. Yeah. So the G.O.D. were the, like, the, they were the original founding members of... Somewhat. Tamatonga was, because yes. it was Tamatonga, Fergal Devitt, Finn Balor, and then Carl uh, uh, Anderson. And then in comes Luke Gallows later and Tongaloa and a few other people. And, you know, everyone else later. Yeah. Chase he's, Owens. Now yeah. we have, like, pretty much everyone. He's one of, he, he's one of, well, he's really the only OG original member still, still in around. New Japan. And that's actually answers, answers a very interesting question of the Bullet Club confrontation or Civil War. Yeah. Which has been, like, Cody's on one side, Kenny's on the other. You have the Young Bucks and... Um, Hangman Page and Scroll going back and forth in a sense. Well, Hang- really Hang- Hangman and Scroll are pretty hardcore team Cody. The yeah. Young Bucks were playing both sides. But what we haven't seen is what the other members, because yeah. you've, you know, they, they haven't mentioned the other 10 members, yeah. of the, especially not in New Japan at least. Yes. Which is where we've been primarily focused. So it started off with 10 man action. What did you think of this match altogether? Like, it, I love any match that Haku's in because he's, he's, yes. he's that old and still that much of a badass. He, not only does he start this match off, he hits a, um, a jumping pile driver at one point, and it's a thing. Like, I don't know. How old would you say he is at this point? He's in his 50s. 50s? Did you, I mean, okay, did, do you want to hear some stories about his legendary badassness real quick? Oh, yeah. He got, into a, he got into a bar fight because, you know, back in the 80s, people would try wrestlers. He has bitten someone's thumb off. And he's pulled their eye out of the sockets. With the, that's why he had that Tongan thumb that he used to do, or the death grip. He poked someone's eye out in a bar fight. <laughs> Jake Roberts, I think, put it best when it's how badass Haku slash Ming is. He said, if I was in a tank and Haku was down the street, and not only being in the tank, I had a pistol in my hand, I would shoot myself because I might miss Haku with the tank and piss him <laughs> off. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that is yeah, that is high praise. <laughs> yes. Jake is I, he's lived a rough life. So like, I, Chase Owens almost seems like the uh, the forgotten member of the Bullet Club to me. Yeah, he, he's almost always every time we see him, he's relegated usually to opening matches. Yeah. remember those? Remember like in the eighties, those television shows where like the le- most least important member of the cast would be also starring. Yes, that, is, that's Chase Owens. Yeah. <laughs> I love he's the honest tights, the crown jewel, and I was like, "You're you're dreaming, buddy. You were yeah. no, the, not the crown jewel." Of no disrespect. Club. No, you're, no you, disrespect. You, you, I love the guy. Yeah. I think he's a talented wrestler, but I mean, you're you're kind of lost amongst the uh, the other gems in the group. He is the Vincent Virgil of this of the Bullet Club in comparison to the NWO. He's yeah, somebody who's just there. So yeah, we have uh, Tonga getting the win with a stun gun over uh, Guido yeah. to end this ten. Which actually is is such a quick match with these ten men that not yeah. everyone's fully gets to shine. There, so like Chase Owens actually isn't in the match very all, very yeah. long. But I mean, how many of these ten matches have we seen now in your history in New Japan, especially mine, watching for a few years now? And you watch? Oh yeah, for I mean, a few it's months. actually like this match is actually probably the lightest yeah. on ten man matches we've had yeah, these these multi-man matches that just go by so fast yeah so chalk up another win for the bullet club a loss for uh chaos um not so, been having the best run chaos lately they've, no they really haven't they've more, more or less been on the losing side of uh most of the pay-per-views we've covered i think at this point yeah. so moving on we have uh ishii and uh toru yanu 
taking on Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr., yeah. which is, this is a match I think we've covered like four times now. Yeah, but um, before we get into this match, did you see Suzuki's birthday show? No. So he had, like, that's how weird Suzuki is. The dude is like this huge badass, but he's also this really awesome person. Because, all right, he, he had his 50th birthday slash 30th anniversary in the business show. It was an outdoor show. It's, it's on New Japan World if you want to look it up. It's one of their free matches, and anyone can watch it. But it starts pouring down rain at the start of this oh, match. yeah, I've seen this match the, with him and Okada, right? Yes. Yeah. And they go 30 minutes in the rain. I'm and like, it is beautiful. Like, the, yes. my, the, my first thought was, like, why don't more people? Like, I'm sure you don't want to wrestle in the rain. It's yeah. probably way more dangerous. But then the part that was, like, where I'm like, Suzuki's so cool is at the end of the match, he gets on the mic and starts, like, Thank everyone so much, so much for coming out for to my thirtieth anniversary and my birthday celebration show. Now let's go ahead and make sure we clean up the venue. I'll help. That's oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the? Who are you? <laughs> you're this evil man who slaps young boys, yet you're gonna clean up the venue. Anyway, back to this, back to the Suzuki Goon Chaos match. Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. doesn't seem like it would be a tag team that would work, but yeah. God does it. And it's like I, like I tweeted this out while we we're watching the show. It's so weird to have. These two big bad badasses, and you know the Stone Pitbull and Suzuki, and you have the technical brilliance of Zack Saber Jr., and then you have Yano for the comedy. Yeah, and it is, like, it is kind it's, of this an match all, like, has everything. I understand why they want to do it, like, and yeah. it's, it, they've gotten even though we've seen it a couple times now, it's still entertaining every time we have seen it. Yeah, um, I do believe, like, I really almost at this point just want to see the Stone Pitbull take on Suzuki in a one-on-one. Oh, it's happened many times in the past. Yeah, but, I, but like it, it seems almost that's what they're teasing to because yeah. every time we get these two in the ring, they're instantly just forearming it out, just hitting each other constantly. How did you like Suzuki's die job in this match? The the platinum hair that he was rocking. But I I love that in New Japan. It seems like every like in I guess all wrestling, every pay per view, you make a your entrance attire is different. Yeah, you make an entrance, but the hair particularly seems to change in New Japan like constantly. Yes. It's like a Dennis Rodman level of oh, it's one of oh, it's change the hair now. Or my, a lot of teenagers who are just like just care and happy with you know how it looks. It's constantly different every yeah. week. Um, I love the comedy in this match with Yanu. Um, like him pleading it off. Him trying. I love it. it's something he does all the time where he tries to shake the hand of his opponent. Yeah. Let's be let's be okay with each other. Yeah, I mean you want to see real comedy. Uh, there was a Ring of Honor show a couple months ago where Yano worked Colt Cabana. And it was just, it was, just, I was laughing my ass off. But the match was also very good. And he, Yano's actually a very decent wrestler. His yeah. timing's amazing, but his comedy chops are what, like, you understand why he is the comedy wrestler. Yes. And it's perfect to put him with Ishii, who's this, like, but he's a comedy uh, void. Yeah, but he's no Santino Morello. He can actually go. Yeah, oh, he can, especially for his body shape, which is, like, not. A little blue, let's be honest. A little it's pudgy. more of what my body shape is, yeah. you know? He has the, he's, he's rocking the dad bod. Yeah, which I appreciate that, you know, they give him the chance to yeah. shine in the ring, and he totally does. Contrasting with Zack Sabre Jr., who's the skinniest scarecrow of a man, who's, yes. but just the tactical brilliance of, like, a Bret Hart, like the, the submission moves of someone with, he you know, years. Looks of, like a cruiserweight, but he is crazy strong. For someone, he's like, and he's so skinny. like, And yeah. also, like, his uniform, his, his outfit of choice does him no... Uh, uniform? His uniform. <laughs> I don't know. His, his ring outfit, gear? Yeah, his ring gear does him no... Um, it doesn't do him any good. It, yeah. it highlights how skinny and so, yes. like, wear pants. Yeah, the like, lack of shoulder, like the, I'm sure the shoulder pads, the lack of elbow pads and knee pads is like. Which is same thing with Suzuki. Like I, I love Suzuki, but like the I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, "Who is this old man in the the like the underwear?" Yeah, like he's in like whitey tidies that are just black and like black, say not even his, boots, like sandals. Yeah, yeah. or like short yeah. boots. Yeah, say it to his face, I dare you. Oh, I would never. Like <laughs> I've seen him wrestle enough to know. 
they replay a couple of spots. So yeah, they Ishii and uh, Suzuki battled the outside because it's not a match without these two taking a, a brawl throughout yeah. the crowd. Something I've, I've noticed that New Japan does a lot. They love to battle through the crowd. Yeah. And if any crowd's going to appreciate that, it's this crowd. They are red hot tonight. Yeah. How did you like the fact that, like, I don't know how many Americans or transplanted Japanese people were in the crowd or what, I really didn't get a good look, that they knew when to sing Suzuki's song when he came out. I'm almost, I'm guessing it's just because people watch enough of it yeah. that it gets like, you know, I haven't even watched that much and I'm starting to pick up yeah. on the... There probably weren't re- many casual fans in this I doubt it, no. I think this is pretty much a hardcore fan. And I actually think there were probably a lot of Japanese people coming over. Which makes me wonder what the crowd's going to be like at All In. uh, It'll be (laughs) stoked because you know they have to be incredible. The hardest of the hardcores. And then, like, (laughs) Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki are fighting over who gets to hurt Yano more. That was brilliant. I was thinking that, and I saw it pop up on Twitter when you posted (laughs) it because we were live tweeting, and I was like, that. yes. You also uh, talked about uh, Suzuki's face being the most intimidating thing to ever encounter in the ring. I don't like, yeah. and it's weird to think that that man is so happy in real life. Dude is like this fatherly great guy, but is such an ass in the ring. <laughs> His hair is still like, freaks, it doesn't freak me out, but yeah. it, uh, it, it still intrigues me more than it should. Uppercut form scores for Zack Sabre. Oh, back elbow misses. So uh, uh, Chaos chalks up a uh, win. So they're not doing too bad, I guess. Yeah. So they get the win here. Ishii, or Ishii yeah, is pretty much like their saving grace at this point. So continuing this rivalry between Suzuki and Ishii, which I'm sure will continue. We'll probably be talking about. I'm sure they'll take each other on during the actual G1. Yeah. And, of course, Suzuki had to beat up the young boys after. Yeah, that was like, I even tweeted. I was like, yeah. hey, I would not want that job. Like yeah. to have to, Hey, why do you have to usher him back? He's clearly fine. He's walking and yes. he's pissed off. Uh, third match of the night uh, brings us back to Bullet Club. It's Marty Scroll, the villain with Hangman Page, taking on uh, Tanahashi and Kushida. Yes. There's been an interesting mix this night also of, uh, well, I guess you kind of highlighted it with the last match, of uh, heavyweights and light heavyweights teaming yes. up that you wouldn't normally see. And we'll get into that a little later with some of these matchups that I think are pretty damn intriguing. Um, that's, I love the booking in this this company so much is one that really speaks to me as a, a fan. They, they're constantly trying these things. And with the tournaments, you constantly get matches that you're like, Oh, I would have never thought to put these two together. And it's always funny to me, like going towards the G one that the champion is in it. Yeah. And know? so, uh, the presum- I guess the rule is if the champion wins, if Will Ospreay would have won the best of the super juniors when he had the title, yeah. He would get to pick his opponent. Yes, that he would have fought it. Does that happen often? Yes. Has it happened? Uh, it doesn't happen often. It's happened a handful of times okay. on both of those. That's an interesting way to do it. I yeah. almost wish, like, cause I'm a big fan of the old King of the Ring mm-hmm. elimination bracket tournament. I love treating it more like well, a legitimate sport in a so sense. Do you remember what was called the J Crown, the championship that was in WCW for a while that was all these different cruiserweight and heavyweight championships? No, I don't believe I so, do. All Japan Pro Wrestling had the rights to a lot of these different lower heavyweight belts, including the WWF Heavyweight Championship. So they did the J-Crown, which was they invited all these different from Mexico, from the States, and from Japan. And it was an eight-man tournament. Every single match was title for title. At the end of the tournament, one person had all eight of these cruiserweight oh, championships. Genius. And uh, Ultimo Dragon even made it a nine-belt thing when he won the WCW Cruiserweight Championship and the J-Crown. So he held the WWF Heavyweight Championship and the WCW Cruiserweight Championship together at the height of the Monday Night War. He held nine titles at once. Is that a, Do you think that's a record for most... Uh, 
I think it's yeah, it's probably. probably. I mean, it's, I don't know how much it counts because the J Crown was itself a championship. All those eight belts were just were considered one, one umbrella belt. They would occasionally be defended independently, but they were almost always defended as one belt after that tournament where they merged all the belts. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, I don't know if anybody else has held ten or nine belts at once. Yeah, that that seems yeah. like it, it, if it's not a record, it should be. I don't know if you can get past that. But anyway, kind of, yeah. Back to the uh, Bullet Club action again. Yep, with our heavyweights and junior heavyweights yeah. being tagged up. A, a, a matchup of the Bullet Club we haven't really seen much with Page and Scroll. Yeah, which um, I was impressed by these. I guys. love these guys. I, I tweeted out, you know, after after this match is over. How long until these guys challenge the Bucks? I didn't, I'd be down for that. At one yeah. point, like uh, I was watching this to someone who doesn't typically watch wrestling. And at one point, Paige comes from the apron, flips like front flips over the ropes, and then like just clotheslines. Uh, yeah. I think it's Kushida, and it was like from a guy. How tall is he? Six three, six four. Yeah, like that. And he's a massive dude. That's an impressive show of athleticism. So I mean, how 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 would you feel being Tanahashi? You were just the guy. You were the John Cena of New Japan for about ten years, and now you're in the what third match on the card? Do you? Yeah, I do mean, you think I, he cares, or do you think it's? I mean, I I, I can't imagine. I, mean, I don't know what he feels, but like yeah. the crowd love him. Like, yeah, the, he definitely got the biggest pop of the night, even over Bullet Club, who consistently gets loud cheers throughout the evening. Mm-hmm. But people do love him, and like I think they, they still remember him as like being like you know a classic match kind of guy. Yes, the former best bout machine. Yeah. <laughs> I love his Kushida who does the chicken wing uh, intimidation of uh, Scroll in this match. Yes, yes. I love Scroll's Like, that's such a n- dorky, nerdy thing to do that it's such not intimidating. But they the fans eat it up. Yeah. Like I, I said, they go along, they go, whatever he does it. So, I mean. I love the cheesiness of it, though. Yeah. And you you just gotta love the outside the ring action and yeah. the, like at one point Paige does that shooting star press from the apron to the floor. And well, you, it's even set up with like a dueling. They like dueling yeah. kick. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it who is it? Kushida on the it's Kushida they yeah. kicked. Yeah, and then yeah, he just out of nowhere just shooting star presses off the apron onto yeah. him. It's it's so impressive. I love Hangman Page. He's probably like I I he's the real crown jewel of the Bullet Club in my opinion. <laughs> like yeah. Um, me and uh, Tyler were talking about it. If we had to take one person from New Japan, and he he consistently said you should take the villain, put him in the new uh, NXT UK, have him be the champion. Yeah, which I think would be amazing. Like he has the chops that I think he could be an independent. Like he could go anywhere and still be just as as successful. And I think it, you know it speaks to where New Japan is getting as far as popularity is concerned. That people know who these guys are now. Yeah, uh, Americans do not just. The hardcore fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's starting to be very, become very ubiquitous. Yeah. So uh, the Bullet Club uh, pick up another win. This is elbow bicycle kick. Right to the top of the head, JR. Yeah. The pace quickens. It certainly favors the game planning of Kushida. Up and over. Kushida bouncing up on top of Paige. But look at the power there. Oh, oh my God. Right on his head. Oh Bam! And Hangman Page stepped up to the floor. Here are your winners, Marty Cole and Hangman Page. Uh, Page hits the uh, was it the right of passage? Yes. Is that the name of his finisher. Mm-hmm. I can never remember that name. Pick up the win for the Bullet Club, who are gonna have a well. They're gonna have a good or an interesting night, regardless. Interesting, an interesting night. That's for sure. Yeah. So we have our championship match, and then our first one of the night, anyway. Yeah. We we have the for the never open weight championship. Hiroki Goto and Jeff Cobb. So I'm not familiar with Jeff Cobb. Yeah, uh, you know, American or no? Well, he worked the American indie scene and is getting some 
some some pub, some pole now in New Japan and a couple other places. And uh, damn, he was impressive. He was like the the power alone, but also the, the like again flexibility. He at one yeah. point just like. Ag- backflips onto Goto just out of nowhere. Now, yeah, we talked about how impressive it was with his frame, how in- impressive it was that Zack Sabre Jr. was so strong. It's not that, I mean, it's crazy impressive with Jeff Cobb, but like, yeah, that, the guy looks like he could bench press a house. He, he's a brick wall, and yeah. yeah, he's somehow able to do some amazing stuff in the ring yeah. that just defies your expectations. Going into this match, do you think he had any real possibility? Is this his first New Japan bout? No, he's he's had a, f- a few Spe- here and there. This is the first time he was featured. Okay, first time he's gone for a belt. I, I believe so. I want to say yes, but don't hold me to that. Yeah. The crowd seemed really into him, and he puts on a hell of a match. It's so much so that the, uh, I guess Goto, Goto is just that much of a villain that the crowd is going to boo him. He's not but they really, really start to cheer Jeff Cobb. Yeah, he's not really a villain. He's pretty much a babyface, to tell you the truth. Yeah. But, I guess we're just like, we're in, and Ross keeps pointing it out, we're in San Francisco. Yeah. Cobb's known here. Yeah. He's wrestled all over yes. the place. Like, these fans are aware of this dude. He's had a PWG match or two. Yeah. So, you know. At one point, he does a, a deadlift, like, suplex to Goto, which is like, which, Goto's also not a small not dude. Not a small man at all. And that's why I tweeted out, like, Holy crap, Jeff Cobb is crazy yeah. strong. He also liked our tweet, which is a little, I don't know, I, I still, I, I'm still getting a kick out of that. Yeah, just for those that follow us on Twitter, you should follow us even more because Kevin Kelly, Jeff Cobb, and Jim Ross yeah. have liked our tweets. So. Yeah, you think you're better than those people? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. But I love the fact that it was like, my first thought was like, oh, he liked our tweet, that's so cool. My second thought was like, dude, your match was 30 seconds ago. <laughs> How quickly do you go for your phone? It's got to be that you. I mean, I would think that the guys that are our if, age and younger, as soon as our match. Yeah, not only that, if you're an, an indie wrestler, which New Japan, you're booking yourself. You're, your for phone the most is your, part. There's yeah. people that are contracted. Yeah, but you're I mean, Jeff Cobb. Like, I'm sure yeah. his phone is his lifeblood. It's constantly yes. like, booking himself. Getting and he is to, like, uh, okay, okay, let's see. Oh, people, my, are, people were liking out. it. Yep. People were liking it. That was pretty awesome. Uh, a really yeah. great show of strength. I guess we all more or less knew that Cobb wasn't probably going to pick up the title. Although, I don't know. They've been shifting so many titles I, I, I would not have been surprised if Cobb picked it up, yeah. quite frankly. But, I mean, it was a great match. Cobb also delivers one of the best drop kicks I've ever seen in my life. For a big, for a guy for, his size. He hits yeah. him clear on the top of the head yeah. with his feet. Like, it, it's so incredible. And turns him inside out with a big clothesline where Goto almost on his neck. Yeah, which uh, uh, we'll talk more yeah, about. Yeah, we'll get there later, later on that. Um, it's an interesting match. It's definitely like two heavyweights that get in a lot of uh, a lot of interesting reversals and yeah. even aerial moves. I think there's a couple of times they spring from the inside to the outside yeah. and knock each other down. This was, I thought, like one of those matches when I saw it. I was like, you probably should put this on a little later. Going going back to the previous episode, this is what Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe should have been. Yes. That I didn't even think about that. Like two people that are powerhouses, but also can work. I mean, yeah, and as, have some as, speed as, to as, them. Look, I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. I don't like the guy as much as anyone else does. I do boo the guy when he comes out, but he's not a bad worker. Yeah, Samoa Joe is one of the best in the world. For I mean, for a guy his size, regardless, he's great. And they had a kind of a shitty match at Backlash. They could have had a match like this. But I don't know if Vince would have allowed that with all the heavy hitting they yeah. do in this match. Although, uh, cross fingers, someday maybe we'll get to see Jeff Cobb and Samoa Joe take each other on because I'm salivating at that idea. <laughs> it would it's, be awesome. So Goto uh, does pick up the win with the GTR, which is that I love his... Uh, yes, his finish. Yeah, I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, you land on the back of your neck. like a, Yeah, it, yeah. it's It's, it's a brain buster. That's for sure. It's found as a groove, I think. Oh, GTR. GTR, far leg is hooked. That's it. Here's your winner, Hiroki Goto. A very 
slobber knocker like me. And he's no doubt about still that. What match had the uh, the human pretzel spot in it? This one. This one. Wait, yeah. uh, the human centipede? No, no, no. The one where he ties him up and he's stuck. Oh, I I have that written down because I um I hate that spot. Which match was that? It's actually this one. It is. What is that called? The human the human pretzel. The human pretzel. Okay. So we were talking about uh, the Young Bucks uh, taking on Sonata and Evil uh, rematch for the the belts. The IWGP Tag Team Championship. Yeah, Come on, but I want to talk belts. about that moment first of all. So what did yes. you call it? The uh, the Human Pretzel. The Human Pretzel, yeah. where you essentially tie someone up and they can't move with their own body. What a dumb spot. It yeah, I I don't buy it. Yeah. like I, I I never buy the struggle that you can't get yourself out of yeah. it. Like well, I mean, like Jack Gallagher in either NXT UK or Two Hundred Five Live, he did that spot when he first came to WWE, and everybody hated it. It's like. Stop that. It's, yeah, it's just one that doesn't work. It, it's We have to suspend it's, our disbelief it's funny, too much. It's funny for the kids, yes. but And it'd be funny in a funny match. Yeah. If it was in a P, PWG, you know, yeah. like a comedy match, like I'm all for it. But, but in I, a serious, I'm supposed to believe match, that your your hands are so constricted by your own feet that you can't... Yeah. Eh. No, like, and, and well, granted, I have... I'm, I'm one of those people that sleep on my stomach sometimes with my arms under me, and I yeah. wake up with them asleep, and I have sometimes, like, freaked out. But you can still move. Up. Yeah. Yeah. There's, 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 oh, oh, here it is. Yeah. But, uh... What I love about that is like he gets him in that thing and he can't, you know I can't remember what brother it is is it uh, Matt I think yeah um, Jim Ross makes a prison rape joke Jim Ross if you listen to his podcast he's a dirty old man I always thought Jerry Lawler was the one that we had to keep an eye on yeah they don't have to be censored here do they I mean for American television they calm it down a little bit but the wrestlers will still yell yeah, out fuck yeah but you know but like, like if if <laughs> so Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are going to be the MCs on Jericho's cruise. And uh, even JR was like, it's going to be like Hugh Hefner and, and Larry Flint being on this cruise ship. I'm like, <laughs> man, you were not the guy I thought you were. And I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the older he's getting, the weirder he's getting. Yes. I, I appreciate it. And now it. that his wife is unfortunately gone, he's just, he's, he's just giving up any kind of caring. But anyway, this match. Um, so the Bucks defending their titles, yeah. which they won. Dominion. Dominion, yeah. yeah. So they have very recently. Yeah. Um, is this the first defense? Yes. Yeah, first night of Cody, first night of a lot of Bullet Club defenses. Evil and Sonata trying to get back those tag belts. Um, of the two matches, I think I definitely preferred this match. Yeah. I, I love the Dominion match, but this one was a little... Other than the human pretzel spot, yeah. was laid out but very the, well. But we get later on, which I think makes up for it, the human centipede spot. Yes. Which is... Uh, I'm trying to... Okay, so what, Matt gets a sharpshooter on Evil, who has... A, a headlock scissor, yeah. on Nick, or a, le- a leg sister on yeah, Nick, yeah. who is in a headlock by Sonata. Yeah. And they're all laid out in a row in yes. the middle of the ring. And it was like, that's a comedy spot that like I, I bought. I could get behind. Yeah. Yes. And it wasn't contrived. It happened so organically. It was yes. it was earned. What do you, what do you think about uh, the Young Bucks holding two tag belts? Is that... I mean, they you? technically do with the never open weight six-man titles. Which they haven't defended in a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, those could go by the wayside and nobody would care. I think There's it's not just, many three-man teams that people give a damn about. I think know. it's funny that they don't wear their Super Kick Championships out the New Japan shows. They do the Ring of Honor shows. Why? Why wouldn't they? I I think it's like I don't want to disrespect the championships I'm currently wearing. Oh yeah. All right. At one point, I think uh, I think Sonata comes off a springboard and uh, both Bucks ca- uh, catch him with a super kick. Um, which it looks like it. I, it doesn't look like he lands and falls. It looks like they legitimately take him out of the air, which is <laughs> brutal. Facebuster, an evil facebuster. Potential motion. The save. The Jacksons are everywhere. Here comes Evil. 
We're gonna see Evil take flight. Are you kidding me? Somebody call. Oh, never mind. Hang up the phone. Um, I I'm starting to appreciate Evil more and more. Every time I see him, he's a dude that I love. They such a powerhouse, such an intriguing wrestler. Did you like the joke that Jim Ross made about his scythe? Oh yeah, so is that legitimate? So I guess what did he say? He they said, said that uh, they took his scythe at customs. Yes. I, I mean, I wouldn't see why they couldn't find some costume shop that had another one. You figure they would almost like have a, I'm sure they have a an American person. standby. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe they just didn't want to bring it out or something. I don't know, but it was it was a funny little joke that another funny little joke that Jim Ross made. Jim Ross almost seemed like he had some like some Kentucky bourbon or something in him. Like he was getting pretty loose with his comments. Well, when you don't have Vince McMahon in your ear, you can say what you want. Yeah, I guess I, they have no one in their ear, do they? No. I can't imagine anybody is actually trying to uh, and uh, harness them. I mean, them. it's kind of like the foreign broadcasters in WWE. Nobody really cares. Yeah. So nobody cares about the English They're broadcast. They're almost an afterthought. Yeah. We're going to put someone through your table, say whatever you want. Yeah, nobody cares about the English broadcasters in New Japan. Just yeah. do whatever. <laughs> so he's still in the back being sold uh, by the Young Bucks. This Seven is, months later. Yeah, which, it's still selling that injury. Yeah. Good God. This is the, So when did the the Cody Kenny, was it, has it been a year exactly? Was it the last G1 the when the Cody Kenny brawl started? Uh, It's been yeah, about that long. About, about the, a year. When the, the dissension started, out. yeah. It's been long-term storytelling, but they haven't been wrestling each other. Yeah. They've been intertwined, but it wasn't like seven matches in a row. It was, okay, we're, I'm going to be over here. We might. They had a match at Ring of Honor, and then they haven't wrestled since, but there's been the dissension. You know, and then Kenny wins the big belt, and all of a sudden it's like, hmm. Now it's building up into more of a climax. Yes. More, it does seem much... Uh, uh, Would you call it a G1 climax? <laughs> oh. So the uh, the young bucks do end up uh, retaining uh, with a Meltzer driver, uh, pretty much a replay of the the, the way they yeah. they won the belts. Yeah. Um, to retain, uh, the crowd seem into it. The, the young bucks are probably the, two of the most over people of the of the night. The yeah. American crowds adore the Bullet Club. Could make that any better? Oh, look at this. Young bucks going back to it. Going back, what brought him to the dance? They nail it. do you think they still are the best tag team in the world uh at this point yeah i don't the golden lovers i would say are probably my i actually prefer them as a tag team i think they're better mm-hmm. um i don't get to see them as often though so i yeah. think the young bucks are probably i have more highlights in my mind of yeah. like times they've impressed me it's kind of sad because almost all of my top tag teams are in New Japan. Yeah, oh yeah, I love Evil and Sonata. Show and Yo are amazing. Show and Yo, I love Suzuki. Ishii and Tori. And, yeah, Zack yeah. Saber and Suzuki. Can we get an American tag team? Or yeah, a tag to... team for American promotion. And I think they're trying their best. I just think there's not a yeah. lot of um, there's not a lot of Vince hates tag teams and the world's starting to run dry. I think it's really sad. I think you have, like, NXT, you have the Undisputed Era, and you have Sanity starting to mix things up. But, yeah. unfortunately, it does feel uh, really underwhelming compared to New Japan. They're, they're Robust like, tag teams. So division. many tag teams. It's, like, amazing tag teams are falling by the wayside and not even getting proper storylines yes. in a lot of the cases. Um, so, moving on, one of the most interesting t- team-ups that I, like, again, that's why I love their booking. Um, Okada 
fresh off his loss, mm-hmm. um, and teaming up with Will Ospreay. Yes. Which is, I don't. Has that ever happened before? Um, I think a few times, but it's not that common. I mean, they're both they're stable mates, so it happens. Yeah. But it's not it's not like they're regular tag partners. Taking on uh, Tetsuya Naito. Naito and Bushi. Yes. Um. Okay. So Okada's entrance. We have to talk about this. First of all, he comes out with a fucking balloon. With yes. A smiley face painted on it. Not wearing his jacket. Yeah. Which, why? Is it like... I, maybe it was the same thing that they, they didn't bring in. I don't know. Yeah. But he's got this handful of balloons, dead. and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but I, I, I did love, and it, it kind of does seem that way. He almost seems happier. He now. does. Yeah. I actually tweeted out, like, because yeah. he was smiling, and I was like, apparently, like, the, the head that wears the crown is really heavy, because... Yeah. uh He seems so much happier since he dropped the strap. Yeah. So this interesting team up of Okada and Osprey with his T-shirt and his balloons, which yeah, is, I don't and know. even his hair is different. Like it's it's like slicked back. He's like yeah. much more relaxed. Like I think he's he's kind of like he can have fun a little bit more. And Bushi's creepy ass mask with the I love his mask. The tongues everywhere. I love it. It's so interesting. So intriguing to me. Yeah, I love NATO's um, American themed. Uh, yes, your American flag <laughs> spread shirt for a. Japanese version, version of, of a, a Mexican, Mexican faction. Oh, the, the layers, the, like, yes. it's truly inter- international. Yes. So both of these men are teaming up, having recently lost titles. Yes. And I guess they're gonna help each other. Uh, I love the. I love all the uh, all Western. The, yeah, the white people in the crowd doing the round eye. Yeah, I was gonna say the Salute. same. That was my next note. Like, I love that the like the irony is like lost on them, or maybe not lost. I'm not it, sure. It'd be like a bunch of fans in New Japan doing the you know the the push your eyes out like me Chinese thing. Like, what the fuck, guys? Uh, Akata also had a new remixed version of his theme song. Yeah. Kind of a uh, Nakamura-esque, let's change it. Yeah, you know? now that I'm not the uh, the longest reigning champion in our history, yeah. i got to mix things up, reinvent myself a little bit. I love that. Uh, so we start with Okada in the ring um, against Naito, I believe. Naito. Naito. I, I will never pronounce <laughs> that right. I love Naito. He's, 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 he's so, so It's like, what is he? Because when he's wrestling Chris Jericho, he portrays the face, but he's such a villain in any other match. Yeah, and just kind of his natural yeah. moves. He's yeah. such a lion, like, stalking his prey Yes, in a lot he of ways. moves like a villain, so it's like, wow. Yeah. So, again, we have a, this match and another a mixture of heavyweights and light heavyweights. Yeah. Um, I, I did think I was praying the moment this match started, and I saw, you know, I was like, can we... I was hoping we'd seen an improved version of the Melter Driver. Yeah. Since uh, Okada has the Tombstone as a finisher, and Phil... Will Ospreay is the king of flippy shit. <laughs> and I was like, can that lead to then a yes. rivalry? It was like, oh, you think you're the best tag team? You think you can do the move better? So we talked earlier about match placement. Do you think this match was placed where it should have been? Should this have been earlier in the card, later in the card? I honestly would have thought later in the card. Just considering who's in it with Naito and Yeah, Okada. and I actually think like this. I think this match, even though there's a title on the line, I think in the Juice robinson uh-huh. uh, Jay White match, I think this match takes precedent. Because you have Okada, you have Osprey, two people taking coming off long title reigns. Yeah, but I think where you are plays into that. You're in America, so you're going to put the U.S. title in that semi-main. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I guess if I, if you were booking a New Japan show, it wouldn't be that prominent. Yeah, it would be yeah. a more of a. It would, it's like when WWE used to go over to Europe when the European title was still a thing. The European title would either main event or semi-main the show, even though the title didn't mean a whole lot. You, you got to be smart and spotlight stuff when you're placate you the, the audience. Yeah. Placate the audience, guys. I do love this because you get uh, Naito, Naito, and uh, Naito. Naito. You get Naito and Osprey really uh, getting to trade things or and just great and, moves off the ropes, like subtle little things, like little kicks. Yeah, and, even Naito's uh, like him spitting at Okada, like yes. it's fucking gross, and like their acting is so, like. I, there's, I get a sense in WWE that everyone is like 
just trying to smile. Like they're they're staving off a smile a lot smile of the time. Smile more. Yeah. Or that they, they know that what they're doing is ridiculous. Where in yeah. New Japan, it seems like they fully embrace the fact that like... Well, it's like I said before, a pedo-sudo Japanese wrestling is a much more in higher esteem than it is in America. It's not... It's considered more of a sport in Japan, Yeah, well, right? it's, it's yeah. still entertainment. It, they, people know it's not legit. I think there's also something about a smaller crowd. It's, yeah. easier, it's easier to sell to a smaller crowd. It's, and, it's, and it's almost seen as low class out. to an extent here in the States, and it's very much not... See, it's, it's, it's very much a NASCAR comparison if you're yeah. in wrestling for a long time. It has yes. been like, oh, yeah, that's very childish or rednecky. Or um, Overall, what did you think of this match? I really enjoyed it. It was, um, and I hate saying this because all these guys are amazing. It was kind of a nice break from where we've been. It was so many boom, 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 action, action, action. And this had great action. But no story, really. Yeah, no story. It was like, hey, let's have all these great guys have a match. Yeah, and just do some in, in, in sense awesome yeah. shit. The amount of times you got the oohs and ahs from the crowd. Yeah, because you know. like I said, I really hope my boss is losing to this. I was watching this at work. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I also love that, like, the the crowd is so interesting. Like, you get a, a Japanese, like, and I haven't been watching Japanese wrestling yeah. that long. But I've been watching it long enough to realize how different it is getting Lord a Japanese-style uh, show with an American audience. And, okay, and me as someone who's been watching... New Japan, or really Japanese wrestling, all Japan and Noah and all that stuff for a, almost ten years now. It's so nice to have English commentary now. It is, <laughs> and as much as I, uh, when did they start that? Just a few years ago. Um, I want to say Wrestle Kingdom Nine was the first thing. So, Two, four years ago. Damn. Yeah, and that was when they were still co-promoting with Jeff Jarrett's promotion, Global Force, and then before that, it was TNA. So they would bring over an English-speaking person to do the commentary for those matches. Yeah, it seems like we did start this at the perfect time where we have an amazing local commentary team who does the Japanese yes. shows. And we have it's like I even said, Jim as, Ross as, doing as, these special as, as much as I love Cyrus and Kevin Kelly, it was so great to hear Jim Ross again. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's always it's like every time we get him, we're like, oh, I get one more pay-per-view with this man yeah. calling the action. Yeah. It's always going to be astounding. Because there's going to be a time that we're not. And, we're gonna and almost it, like so. I, it's like I, I, I love him, and I, like, I, I love that he's making barbecue sauce and living his life. Yeah. But if he can start some kind of training school to teach people how to do commentary correctly. <laughs> there, he, there, there's a, there's a, you can go to the, to the WWE Performance Center and learn how to be a commentator. That is a skill yeah. that I don't think nearly enough people are proficient in. It's when you see someone who does, I guess you don't really notice it. When someone does it so well, it's effortlessly. And when and you see, so like they make the mistake of sometimes getting sports commentators to like Mike Adamoy, yeah, to come in and do it. And I, Mike Adamoy was a nice man. He was not meant to call wrestling. Yeah, it's more. It's different. You had to. There, there's basically similar elements. You'd be able to call action and throw and in then history. Fill, and then throw in stories and gaps. And yeah, tell, tell but the story. timing of the two are very different. Yeah. Wrestling, you have to be able to like get in facts really quickly and then go back to the action because yes. things happen out of nowhere. Yeah. As someone who has to cut audio for these podcasts, I can tell you when someone is piss poor at doing commentary, it makes my job a lot harder Yeah. because they're just not describing shit. And I was like, well, this is bullshit. Like, no one's going to be able to hear what's going on. I feel so bad for the deaf people, which is, I think, what the commentary is supposed to be for. Yeah. I mean, blind people? Blind people, deaf people. <laughs> the captions, commentary for deaf people? Are for deaf people. <laughs> that's my only, that's my first fuck up tonight, and we're like 40-something minutes. That's all right, that's, that's, that's all right. That's not bad. We'll, we'll get there, sir. So, uh, I I was actually a little surprised I that uh, I was really hoping that uh, that Naito and um, Kushida would pick up the win. As yeah. much as I love Okada, I love Osprey. Yeah. I think Naito kind of needs it more at this point. Ropes. Wow, what, a, what a takedown. High impact was that? Sometimes Osprey gets a little out of control. 
in these situations. They'll take a lot of chances here. Neckbreaker, big time, and this over. The aerial assassin used a hellacious neckbreaker to pick up the fall for his team. Here are your winners: Will Ospreay, aerial assassin, Katsuchika, one of Britain's ever. takes it for his team. But he didn't take the fall, so yeah. It was an enjoyable match. It really didn't really matter who won. Yeah. In, in this point, like it's, it has no. There's no story really going forward. It doesn't seem, or even leading up to yeah, it. Yeah. No one. No one is going to think less of the team that lo- that lost. Yeah. They're not. This, they're you know. they're not losing one damn bit of esteem. Those LIJ shirts will still be flying off the shelves on Hot Topic. Yep. So moving on um, to the probably the oh, this most is be an interesting match to talk about. One of, if not one or two, most controversial matches of the night. Because there's a match later that might take it for as far as controversy, but some some shit goes down in this match. Yeah, and I don't even know if it was controversial. Well, I think well, some fans are always going to make shit it, controversial. Well, it. Do you want to talk? What do you want to introduce the match we're talking about? Yeah, so or? we're talking about is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between Dragon Lee and Takahashi. Fresh off his win of taking it off of Will Ospreay yes. and winning the best of the Super Juniors, comes out with the belt and the trophy. No, no, no. Mr. So, trophy Mr. and Mr. Belt <laughs> and Daryl Junior. Show some respect, sir. My bad. Do you want to talk about this match before we get to the the controversy yeah, part? Yeah, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. I love this match. It was great. I was like, if you look, go back and look at our Twitter, I think me and you were both saying the same things almost in tandem, which yeah. is like, both of these men are putting in their all, and this probably should have been later on in the night. Like, I don't know how the last two matches are going to live up to this. I was so upset because this match was still going on, and I was finishing up work, and I had to go home, but I'm like, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to finish this match, and then I'll drive home. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll continue a little behind everyone. Yes. Um, Dragon Lee is just on fire fire in this match uh it starts the match hot by just coming off the apron onto uh onto uh, takahashi and uh takahashi is also like i, I don't know the, the, these two were make a real like i wish this would have been more of a rivalry obviously probably not gonna do that because of what yeah. happens yes so i guess let's go ahead and talk about that because we really can't dance around that forever yeah. i guess he has him in a um i don't know what you describe it like a head a cradle yeah, arm thing. cradle, headlock, yeah. and yeah. then uh, d- d- a back suplexes him. But he, ta- Takahashi lands on the, his neck. Matt Taylor, that's a hell of an effort right there. Oh, he's packaged up. Oh! A bounced off the canvas on his head, for God's sake. And a release dragon driver from Dragon Lee saves the day. Oh! Romu's head just bounced off the canvas. And, I mean, his feet and his, like, head hit the mat at the same time, and then his feet come up, and he kind of is just all pressure on the neck. Yeah. Um, the match doesn't last very much longer They go that. home almost immediately. The Takahashi hits the time bomb. Yep. One, Picks two, up three, the ring, and then... Walks backstage and collapses. Which is scary as hell. I guess the, the, uh, the first... Reports were that he had broken his neck. Yes. I guess now I've heard today on Twitter people uh, saying that he had not, in fact, broken his neck, but he had hurt himself really bad. Yes. He was able to sit up in his hospital bed. Yeah, and was talking, apparently, which is yeah. a good sign. Um, I even tweeted when it happened, like, is he okay? Like, more jokingly, because you see yeah. bad bumps all the time. Yeah. But, like, when I heard, like, oh, he got hurt, I was like, oh, I, I know what move it was. I think we all yeah. do. And this started the discussion of, is that strong style, that Japan style, is it too dangerous? And 
man, they could work slower and they could work safer, but then it wouldn't be New Japan. Yeah, and honestly, like, do they have more injuries than Well, I was going to say that because look how many guys you have out in WWE right now. You've got, you know, Jason Jordan. Dean Ambrose. Dean hasn't Ambrose. Seen in so long. And so many people. I mean, who just went out? I mean, well, you, I was going to say Nakamura. That was a dog bite. Yeah, we'll talk about Fandango. Yeah. Um, double shoulder surgery. Yeah. Sami Zayn. It's just an inherently dangerous activity to do. And, like, you know. There's, there's almost every move you do has, if you if two people don't work to get well together in tandem, you're going to hurt someone. I mean, even fucking Dave Meltzer was saying, like, they probably need to slow down a hair just a little bit. But. Yeah, I mean, but also, like, part of that is, like, how how much do you think that they're, like, not doing it to impress him? I'm sure that is, is a factor but, when, when the biggest critic ever is, is in the stands and you know he's yeah. watching live tonight. Yeah. You want to put on a good show, but also you want to put on a good show in every match. Yeah. You know, these kids are hungry. These guys, these guys go out way full bore at, like, an NXT level or a independent show level. They don't yeah. coast. Now, that, that, like, the speed thing is, like... Is a good point. This match is the fastest match of the night, but I also think that's why we came alive on Twitter yeah. when it first happened because, like, you can't deny it's it's you can't take your it's eyes off. Yeah, it. it's fantastic because if you if you blink or or go to the bathroom, you're gonna miss like it, like three or four like power changes in the match. But g- going back to the actual match, if I like, okay, the Spanish Fly is a cool move. Don't get me wrong, but if I don't see one again, I'll be okay with it. I've seen too many in the past five months. Why is it any different than a rock bottom? Just a rock bottom with flippy shit. Yeah, and that's uh, I really don't like that move. You're talking about when two people run at each other, they collide, and then they do a flip yeah. together while holding on to each other. Yeah. yeah, I the first couple times I saw it, I was like, "That's really cool." And then I kept seeing other people do it, and I was yeah. like, "This makes no sense. You would just fall backwards." Yeah, it's just like just give them a suit. Give them under- as much as it's like the drop toe hold. It's a move I don't buy. I don't buy that you can trip someone that way. I've used that in a fight before, so I it works. I, I, I know it does work. It's just yeah. the way they like the way they do it. Sell it, yeah. Like because with a real drop told, when you drop down, you kick the person in the back of the knee, then sweep the leg. Yeah, the way they so, do it, they yeah. just like put their legs around you and fall down. Yeah, and you, and you trip. Like, yeah, I, I get that. I get, I get what you're saying. I think it's different for every person. There's yeah. moves that really drive you crazy. But, but, do, um, but do you think this will change anything in New Japan? I mean, no. I mean, other people have had worse injuries. Yeah. I mean, other people have died, and yeah. they continue going. Like it's, 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 I think it will for a very short period of time. You think they'll slow down a little bit, and like, and there's really not like most of this night has been reasonably paced. No yes. one's been really risking anything. We'll get to something, a couple of things later on. Um, but I don't think this is something that even if you slowed down, like if it necessarily would have helped. I think it was just a bad landing, bad timing. Yeah. Two people, like one person jumping before one person lifted. There could have been a language barrier. Yeah. Hispanic wrestler and a Japanese wrestler, yeah. and at the end of the match, you could just kind of see how glassy eyed he yeah. is. But I mean, even like it, like fucking props to him with a like that is with at least some that is kind us of, witnessing yeah. that Steve Austin moment of yes. I, I broke my neck and can, won my match and then cut a promo and then you know went and collapsed. Well, that he, is, he's a legit badass. Yeah. Some kind of neck trauma. Do you think um, this will lead to him having to forfeit the belt? I almost certainly think so. Yeah. I don't. I don't foresee him coming back I don't, in, in, yeah. in a quick enough time. Yeah, nor would I really want him to. No, no. Take your time and heal. Yeah. Sir. And when he does come back, I'm sure it'll be an amazing. You know, like it, it. It is so terrible that they were just getting started. Like yes. his career was just really taking off, and to have a horrible injury like that. He's he's been like in the top of the junior heavyweight division for about a year now, maybe a little longer. But yeah, it was just now where he was getting to be the guy. The IWGP U.S. Championship belt has been forged by the hands of pro wrestling's toughest fighters. 
For the first time since its inception, it was pried from the hands of its champion. Switchblade Jay White became the first to set the precedent. Fixated on establishing his dominance, he kept an iron grip around the U.S. belt. But now, a man who was with him from the beginning is out to end his rule. The flamboyant Juice Robinson refuses to remain New Japan's best-kept secret. So moving right along now, we have the United States Championship match, Jay White and Juice Robinson. And you were telling me earlier that you kind of soured a little bit on Juice. Yeah, it's more just less like I'm... You're less than impressed by... Yeah, I'm also less than impressed with the U.S. belt at this point. Like, Jay White is someone who I really liked, but I think he's still kind of rough in too many areas to be a full, like... Now, they talk about a lot about star. belts being props. Do you think the U.S. title is a prop in New Japan? Like, we're trying to get to America, so let's have yeah. the U.S. title. It definitely seems like that. Even It does seem like like setting up for G1. We talked about it on yeah. Dominion or and on Taku. The white man is, is winning a lot of belts in Japan. Well, the first time that they came to America when they ran some live events, that's how the IC title came along. So that might be maybe what they're trying again, you know, establish a foreign belt. Yeah, which actually isn't bad. I, I like the idea of a U.S. belt. Like, I'm assuming only Westerners are allowed to hold it. Well, except for the fact that, you know, Jay- a Canadian and a New Zealander New have held belt so far. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. And, like, and, you know, like we discussed before we started recording, Juice Robinson all Mr. America out. Yeah. Give Naito the U.S. belt. That'd be interesting. Come on. Well, he wouldn't even wear the IC title. He thinks there's too many belts already, which there kind of are in New Japan. Yeah. But. I mean, you can say there's too many factions, too many tag teams, you know. Eh. Sometimes you can't have enough of a good thing. So, I mean, with the outside brawling, it's pretty evident that those barricades are not connected. Yes. So, so we we have an incident. Right away, this match is, is, they're outside. Juice is throwing JY through barricades, and then JY is throwing Juice through barricades. Fairly early on, they, they slam into a barricade that comes unhinged and just falls down. And then later on, it happens at another crucial point that actually injures Jim Ross. Yes. And breaks his rib. Yes. And there's a moment that me and you are discussing that we still don't know how much of it was planned. Yes. Josh Barnett, who is a former UFC fighter and a former New Japan guy. And a scary looking dude. Sca- a mountain of a man and bad dude. Jumps in the ring as a broadcaster. Is like, is pissed off that... Yeah, that they threw the, them into the broadcast area, and that they took him because it, you know, it falls on Jim Ross essentially sitting down. It kind of yeah. hits him stomach wise, and you know, he kind of collapses. Breaks his rib. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, and it's it almost seemed to me like if Josh Barnett had wanted to get a hold of him, he could have. Yeah, but he didn't. That's one way I think. That at least that part was a work. Yeah, Jim Ross I do. getting hurt was was not at all a work. Yeah, I don't think they would ever yeah. risk hurting that man. Yeah. Um, I do know that uh, at least what I was reading on online, um, two things. One that he that he had asked them before not to come near him because yes. he knows the pro- the propensity that they go into the crowd. We've seen it like four times this night. Yeah, this night alone, and. Uh, the second thing was that someone asked him, like, "Did are you mad at them? You know, what do you, how do you feel about Juice and, and Jay? And he said that, oh, they did the right thing. They came and talked to me after the match. We're all good. Yeah. Like, it was unfortunate. Well, we talked about it. Like, let's not have this happen again. But it's kind of like the Dragon Lee um, Takahashi match. It's not really anyone's fault. I, it might be attributed to people trying to impress too much or working at too high of a pace. You can be damn sure those barricades are going to be connected next time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and you I, you understand why the WWE went from metal barricades to those, immovable barricades. Yes, you know, or at least harder to move. They you can they've moved them a few times, but yeah. those things are much. I mean, if they, if they hit you, there's not a lawsuit coming. Yeah, but you run into these guys in these new Japan barricades, and the barricade goes flying. Yeah, and it oh boy, does it like, probably not going to happen also, anymore? Concrete floor, metal. 
it, it, there's not a lot of friction there. These yeah. things, like the moment someone hits them at a high rate of speed, they're like a bullet shooting out. Yes. Which it was unfortunate because this actually was a fairly good match. I enjoyed the action. It was. I, I do think it, uh, it. I think one of the reasons I was souring on it, or I maybe wasn't as big into to Juice winning the title, is that like it felt like this match should have been earlier. I know the U.S. title gets them has that, to be showcased. Rub. Yeah. But I think in terms of matches that actually had the crowd in the palm of, it hand, of yeah. their hand, I think the Dragon Lee match had more of an impact. I think even. Okada Osprey, yes, because of the pro- the the um, who was in the match, yeah, exactly, and the fact that you don't get to see these people team up very much. Yeah, both recently lost I their could title. Totally get, totally get behind that, and it's just the crowd does love it though. Yeah, they love him picking up the title. Jay White is like one of the few people that plays a actually gets booze. Like, they, yeah. like no one, no one loves him. Like, I, I'm not sure how much longer this belt's really gonna last. I mean, unless they do make a serious inroads in that because they announced before they're going to do three more shows this year. Yeah. In the U.S. I, I could see, like, maybe the never open weight title or possibly even the IC title going away. Just to kind of clear up space yeah. at this point. Because you've got... Which I, at this point, I wouldn't mind. Like, if Jericho the, is the last IC champion they ever yeah, have, I, I don't mean, think anybody's going to be upset. I mean, you've got the never open weight, the IC, and the U.S. And then how many tag bells, you and, know? And the God. heavyweight, you've got four singles titles. You've got two different tag titles. You've got a six-man tag. you got a Although, I mean, that's the equivalent tag. of, you know, WWE has about the, probably the, the similar equivalent of belts. Yeah, but you can make Split the, with two brands. Between two brands, for whatever that's worth. Because let's face it, those brands aren't that different anymore. No, they're really not to the point where I easily get confused and I watch the damn shows. Yeah. What, um, what color strap is that? Oh, it's blue. Oh, it's SmackDown. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about... Uh, Robinson being the U.S. champ, like, overall. Were you happy with this win? Yeah, I was like, it It was nice to have an American have the U.S. title, yeah. you know? But I think, like, I even kind of saw that through the Twitter of, like, neither one of us were like, oh, my God, that was amazing. We're like, all right, guys. Well, like nice. I said, I was actually driving home on this match. I oh, watched that's it right. Later. It was like, I, I think I even texted you, like, I don't think you're missing much. Yeah, like, you, I, I, I got home just in time for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match to start. Yeah. And even the ending of this match, because it, it's a very anticlimactic end where White goes to get the Blade Runner, um, and then Juice just small cradle rolls him up and gets the win. by Juice. Half Nelson. Half Nelson suplex. You know that Blade Runner's coming next. No, And I, as much as I like, every time we talk about a small cradle getting the win, I want to say the line, but the small cradle never gets the win. Apparently, it does. Small package. Small package. Small cradle. Well, no, it's, he's cradling them up. Yeah, but it's, it's small yeah. package is the term. Yeah. You got to correct me, man. Well, yeah. No, but I'm always surprised when the uh, small package actually gets like a victory. But it's, it's done. We, I think we've done like four matches now. Yeah. In our like seven episodes where it's happened. It's. It, they said those those wacky roll ups happen more often in New Japan than they do in. Also, so going back to the beginning of this match, so uh, Robinson is wearing a cast on his left hand, and uh, the announcer before the match starts says, uh, "There's this match has a stipulation," and you just hear Jim Ross in the background go, "Oh, good lord!" Contest, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, a special rule is applied to this match. Oh lord! And I tweeted out like, "I'm thinking as a flashback to his like Vince Russo days, like Juice Robinson's mom on a pole match. Get up there, Bertha." Well, if you like, this is like, you know, uh, back in the day when Cowboy Bob Orton had that cast on his hand for years. Yeah, so I guess, when, yeah, the stipulation is that the cast can't be used, which it it is, Or obviously. when Lex Luger had the metal plate in his arm and they had him wear that, that pad over it. To compensate, yeah. I love that. 
the goofiness of it. Yeah. Um, and That's it's also wrestling. it's not really even a cast. His hand is taped up. I don't know why it would be so devastating for him to punch <laughs> with it. Like half his fingers are exposed. Yeah, it's gonna hurt him more if it were with a hurt <laughs> hand to hit him than it's yes. gonna gain him. Is is he left handed? Is that like his I, knockout I punch? Know. It's not like a cast zono thing. To correct myself. It was not a small package. You you were correct. It was a full rolling folding. Okay, press. so we were, we'll split the difference. Yes. Bam. Got yes. my pride back. There you go. Yeah, because you ever had that. Yeah, that's exactly. It's just Cody. He is the one rotten apple that is messing up the entire bunch. I don't think there's a hatred that exists between. Kenny and myself, all families fight. And unless he wants to step back in the lot and be a team player again, there's no place for him. We're now at a point where you have to know. He is going to want to find out for himself if he can actually step up the plate and take what he feels is rightfully his. I'm obsessed with titles. Obsessed. At this point, it's either you're part of the team or you're not. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship is the cream of the crop. I, I need it. And I want it. Worst comes to worst, Cody sees his own inferiority, realizes it in front of the crowd at the Cow Palace, and he packs up his bags, and he leaves. Moving on to our main event, and we get a hell of a promo to start this off. So before we get into the actual meat of the match, how do you like that New Japan has like the roll call of champions before the championship matches? Where they have the you know the uh, the video of all the previous IWGP heavyweight like Anoki, I, I love it. Like yeah. I love the history, especially if someone who doesn't know it more. It, it seems like they treat it with more um, esteem. Yes. Yeah. Or, or listen, I'm I'm used to American wrestling where there's about a three month memory. Yeah. And then after sure. that, they they're very selective with what they call back. Yeah. You know. Like, um, I, I could only imagine in, like, before every WWE Championship match, the long crawl of WWE Champions. Oh, my God, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are going into our final event. Uh, Kenny yeah. Omega, the best bout machine. Escorted by uh, the Young Bucks. Bucks. But not not Coda. Who wasn't? He wasn't there. Yeah. He was back in Japan, so, I mean. This is also something interesting. So Coda is now a member of the Golden Elite, but he's not a member of Bullet Club. No. So, okay, this is oh god, it's so hard to keep. It's like when you get like if you ever get into a new anime, it's like you have to learn a whole new world and yeah. absorb like that is what like New Japan is. Yes, as much as I know wrestling and have ever am familiar with you've it. You've read DC comics and Marvel comics for so long, you pick up that first manga and you're like, what the hell's even going image? On? You go to Image yeah. Comics, what the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. I mean, I like it. It's really cool, but yeah, it, it does make me feel like I'm, a new I'm not again. used to this. Yes, yeah. so Cody. Taking on Kenny, um, essentially for control of the Bullet Club, more or less. Yeah. I love that Cody comes, or yeah, Cody comes out. He's black haired again, yes. dark haired again. Is he just like to? Is it con- to contrast Kenny going blonde again? Uh, well, I mean, he might say that, but in all reality, we know what it's about. I mean, he's got to go back and shoot episodes for Arrow, so <laughs> they can just CGI like uh, Superman's mustache. That worked out so well. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fuck that movie. That could be a whole other podcast. Yeah. When was the last time these guys were in the ring? Was it Dem- Ring of Honor? Was it? Yeah. Uh, Don, or Dantaku Night 1, right? Before then? Well, in a singles match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it was, that was Coda and... Uh, yeah, uh, and it, yeah. they wrestled at Ring of Honor. That was with the famous spot where they the Bucks went yes, to yes. kick. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah, and Cody got the uh, the win. So the, the, is yeah. that the only time they've fought? One-on-one, yes. Yeah. Um, and they waste no time uh, with this match. I love that they announced that, you know, one fall, 60-minute time limit. And My first like, thought was like, oh, Kenny, please, not again. Like, yes. you, your body can't keep handling this, dude. Yeah. 
Now, granted, you don't, you don't work the schedule that WWE does, but if you have several one-hour matches a month, that's equivalent of having, you know, 10 to 15 eight-minute matches. Yeah. <laughs> so with this match also, so early on we spell the ring, we have, uh, what's his wife's name? Brand- Brandy. Brandy. Yeah, we have Brandy, we have Matt and Nick um, watching and not really cheering for either one, more just like... Trying to keep the peace. Yeah. Trying to talk them out of uh, hitting high spots, essentially, which yeah. is a story I which love. Which they do not listen to. Not at all. <laughs> so tables get set up right away. And, um, you within, know, I think within like 10 minutes. I almost expected them to be American tables, but no, they're Japanese tables. Yeah, they are. I love they're that they, they poured them over. Yeah. They couldn't get the scythe through, but man, or the tables Okada's came through. coat, yeah. but they sure as hell got these Japanese tables. And balloons and a Sharpie, yeah. the things that are important. Yes. It's one of the big first uh, big spots. Um, Kenny sets up a table, puts Cody on it. And then he demands that the Bucks hold one of those flimsy railings he talked about that d- are not connected while he springboards off of it and uh, just c- double foot stomp through the table. Yep. I love that the young Bucks, too, are like, no, you can't do this. But he's like, hold it. And he's like, all right. And they, they just, like, yeah, like they're looking at the front like, oh, we're sorry, buddy. Like, <laughs> this is going to hurt. We know it is. I- I'm glad that table broke, though, because I-, I had flashbacks to Coda doing that. To The last time double foot stomps through Cody, there was just a little hole in it. Mm-hmm. And this table actually did snap, which I think they learned their lesson. They might have gimmicked the table. I don't know. I can't say for sure. Yeah, they don't. They don't look exactly like the J- Japanese tables we saw yeah. before. But they look like a well, hybrid. Well, the one that Cody jumped onto later. Does. Yeah, they they do bring out multiple tables. Not only do they bring out tables, they bring out a ladder and a chair. And then yeah. Jim Ross with the call, my favorite call of the night. He describes ladders, tables, and chairs as the wicked stew of wrestling. Yes. <laughs> so it was just, oh my. That is that's the Which, reason he gets the big bucks. I mean, if if you recall the first ever TLC match, that because Mick Foley was commissioner, set it up when was Edge and Christian the Hardys. Yeah, and he's, he, he, tables and ladders and chairs. Oh my! Oh Mick, we get a flurry of uh, V triggers and suplexes from Kenny. He is beating the hell out of Cody. Cody's actually holding his own for the yeah. most of this match. If only Vince had known what he had with both of these. Guys. Yeah, and he uh, had oh them my both. god, you know he wants them back. He had them both. Yes. It's interesting to me to see how well Cody's facial expressions tell stories and play a part. And to, like he's that good, and you thought put a lot of makeup or a mask on him. Like why would you? That just like not that Stardust wasn't a. It, I didn't like the character, but I'm not. He, I'm not even complaining about the character. It was a way to get him in a tag with Goldust for a while, and it just ran its course. Yeah, because I mean. Goldust can emote through that paint. For some reason, Cody couldn't. Yeah, but he can emote like fucking crazy yeah. when you take it off of him. He's and the just... son of Dusty Rose. He had no choice. He's yeah, gonna, he's... That... he is amazing. Yeah. So there's uh, that second or that first ladder gets set up outside of the ring. Um, and you're thinking, oh god, no, don't do this. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. So they set the ladder up inside the ring. And put a they table, set a outside, table the outside, outside the ring, yeah. which is something that I only thought happened with. Um, wrestling toys i thought yeah. only like kids did that i didn't know why they would ever try to do that um then you even have uh was it nick i believe matt, even, it was or matt, matt yeah, yeah matt trying to talk him out of it no this is too much cody, yeah. fuck you you can't do and they, they sh- he shoves him down yeah um and cody climbs to the top with but, matt uh, on the other side like no 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 yeah. no no but i love that's enough of a distraction for cody for uh kenny to hop up yeah. climb the ladder in like two seconds and then one of the scariest moments I've ever witnessed in wrestling, um, I where I was completely sold on the fact that Cody was about to be suplexed out from, from a ladder, out t- of the ring, yeah. into a table, onto a yeah. table, and it didn't, like I was out of my seat, being like, "No, this, don't like, do this too much." Yeah, especially after that. Like, Which, go ahead. And I, again, as we were live tweeting, we put a lot of tweets out during this show. 
I do not have my phone in my hand nearly as much as I do when I'm watching WWE. And it's not a knock on WWE. I love WWE. This was just so much more of an attention grabber of a show. Yeah, and just things that I didn't even, like, there weren't necessarily even jokes, just me be, wanting to be like, holy shit, did everyone else see that? Like, yeah, that actually happened, people. Yeah, so the, the so at the top of the ladder, they're going back and forth. Kenny is teasing, going off yeah. onto that table. They go to the very tip top of that ladder. Yes. And Cody suplexes him. Back into the ring. Oh, my God. The champion, Kenny Omega, teetering. Disaster, but he fights back. That's Omega for you. He fights back. Omega tells tells Matt to get off the apron. Are you good lord? How much higher can? Oh, it's too much. It's too much. What are you doing? in the center of the ring with Omega's heavyweight title on the line. There's, I don't know if there's like anybody left sitting in that. Oh, no. no. Like, that, that was so impressive. I'm a little worried about Cody, too. Like, both of those guys, like, that. And the, I love the Young Bucks also stabilizing the ladder. It is such a dangerous spot. Yeah. It's like, don't do it. Let me hold this for you. So, it so easily could have gone wrong. And <laughs> one of the parts that I thought was interesting, like, not really interesting, but funny, like, when they're crawling towards each other after the ladder spot, you could see the back of Cody's head and where it's just so raw from the bleaching that he was doing to his head <laughs> when he was blonde. It's like so red. I'm like, oh, you poor man. I mean, that's something you have to do like pretty consistently, I'm assuming, yeah. as a redhead I would ever know. Well, uh, you remember Mr. Kennedy? Yeah. He talked about how he had these giant scabs on his scalp from having to bleach his head so much. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah. Although um, Cody's scalp takes probably a worse beating here in a minute. Um, yeah. After getting a few more V-triggers for good measure, he's knocking him. Like, I know we quit doing chair shots to the head, but the V-triggers can't be much better for your... Probably not, no. No, I, they're concussion city, man. There's only so much you could pull a knee. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. And then uh, Cody is picked up by Kenny into a powerbomb. Powerbombed outside of the ring onto the table. At least that was the idea. The idea, yeah. <laughs> So you want to explain what actually happens, TJ? Um, so he power bombs him, and Cody running power bombs running him. power bomb, and Cody kind of bounces off the edge of the table. Table collapses. Cody hits <laughs> hits the concrete back and head on the concrete. Yeah, immediately the young bucks are there. Shit, are like, you all right, Cody? Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen the ref throughout. Like Red Shoes is here, but you don't yeah. see him throughout most of it because Brandy. And the, the Bucks take up so much of the... Uh, and they just casually move yeah. the table out of the way. I, I, yeah. Um, also, a spot earlier of uh, Cody being the villainous bastard he is, um, yeah. using Brandy to like shield himself from yeah. from Kenny. I don't want to forget that. And of, of all people, one of the people that was most pissed about that spot was this guy named Gary Michael Capetta, who was a former WCW ring announcer. And it was like, it was dangerous, it was unnecessary, it was not, should not be done for a wrestling match. And they're like, wait, the ring announcer from 1980s WCW is pissed? What? The wrestling has evolved a lot since then. Like, yeah. you know, that, that was an insanely dangerous spot. And even, like, Cody even does seem pretty out of it after that. Yeah. Uh, they, I don't know if this is planned in, or not. Maybe he's just that kind of an actor. But um, his and, wife comes yeah. in, buys him a few minutes. And like, after that pleads. spot, you just see Nick and Matt. They just are leaning against the ring like, oh, we just nothing we could do. Yeah. There's, like, this point, like. Zero fucks. He's looking around me like, well, at least there's no more tables to go through. Yeah. You know, the ladders are gone. Like we can just we can finish this match with just some concussion knees, and the move that no one kicks out of. Um, 
the or, most protective move in the business. Yeah, the one winged angel. Got Cody up. Cody dropped on his head. Will it be three? Now is where Kenny is at his best. To take care of, finish the business. Ran right through Rhodes' face with that V-trigger knee. Right through the face of the challenger. Omega wants to leave. Leave no questions asked. Um, that what does end that night for Kenny to retain, which I guess we all more or less expected. Yeah. What we don't expect is what happened afterwards. Yeah. So Kenny was... Kenny wins one winged angel, uh, just like Okada retains. Um, there's a moment of them trying to like Kenny trying to shake hands with Cody. Cody kind of shaking it off. Nope, yeah. I'm gonna leave. Um, kind of stare at each other, and then do you want to go through what happens next? So the young, so the young bucks. Well, Kenny gives a speech thanking yeah. the crowd. He thanks the crowd. He also says that. Uh, we should forgive people that Cody put in a valiant effort yeah. and that we should accept him like where we should be united. So it's kind of a weird ending to begin with. We seem like almost like at this point, like nothing has changed. Maybe Bullet Club is fine, but no. And then everyone comes out to celebrate. Yes, including... Some people we saw earlier. The G.O.D. Yeah. Who, while standing behind Kenny and the Young Bucks after the celebration, jump them. But here's the thing. Did you notice the ever so subtle thing that Matt Jackson, or sorry, Nick Jackson was doing before no. they got jumped? He has his eyes rolled back in his head. And if you watch Being the Elite, the episode that aired before this, his eyes rolled back in his head in the car with, with, with uh, Nick. He goes in this trance state. There's all this footage of all the Bullet Club history. And he goes, I don't know, man. Something bad's going to happen. And before they got jumped, his eyes were rolled back in his head again. So they, oh, they set it up on so, the YouTube channel. I love, and we we can't talk about that enough, how well they're telling the Bullet Club story is being told through New Japan, Ring of Honor, YouTube series, yes. and social media. Which, okay, people should, including me, I got worked. I didn't see this coming. No, You should all. have seen it coming because the G.O.D. set up their own YouTube channel and put the next chapter of Bullet Club was video number one. They talk about the G.O.D. doing their own thing in... Not only that, if you like, I I I watched it a couple times. Yeah. But in the beginning, Jim Ross and um, who's the other guy's name? Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett. Yeah. Jim and Josh are talking about um, how the Tonga the Tonga continent, the Tonga nation haven't really contingent yeah. haven't really like picked a side. They're almost like heavily. It's almost overly foreshadowing what's going to happen. Yes. But none of us like picked up. Or at least we didn't. Yeah. I, I was I was like whoa. I really thought the Young Bucks would. If anybody was going to swerve, it'd be them. Which I thought like, yeah. I, please don't do that. We've seen that already. But um, and then now we have the real bullet. Yeah, Club so Civil so War. GOD lay waste. Everyone, so everyone comes out and yeah. gets laid waste, and then Hangman, Cody comes out. Yeah, Hangman comes out. Chase Skull Owens comes out. Chase yeah. Owens because he worked with them in the opening match. He's yeah. trying to talk to them. Like, guys, 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 really? Yeah, what are you they doing? lay him out. Um, and then Cody comes out. They offer Cody a chair, and they offer uh, Kenny up on a silver platter. Yeah, and uh, in the the most twisty of twists. Cody sides with Kenny with and the, the essentially club. face turn. Yeah, and he he nails uh, one or two of them before he's one taken before out. One before he got taken yeah. out. But he got beat fair and square. He did. Bottom line, he just was not the better man tonight. Doesn't mean he won't be the better man tomorrow, or maybe right now. If someone doesn't put an end to this, there might not be a tomorrow for some of these guys. Is this a joyous reunion or another setup? I'm handing him a chair.
Omega's at your mercy. Assaulting the Tongans. And then, uh, and then the, the um, uh, and then also the new. So we have a new faction formed. They their shirts uh, label them as Bullet Club Firing, Firing Squad. Squad, and with the inverted two sweet, which again, they, which, oh, they also have death sentence written on their yes. Which, which I guess is more just a warning. Yeah, which is again foreshadowing in the in their opening match. They they well, do the I inverted point, two sweet. Yeah, pointing that out to me, and I was like, "That's odd. I wonder if that's just a thing." They're like, "No, that's not a thing they do." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, now it's a thing they do." Yeah, now it's a thing they do for sure. Altogether, what did you think of this coming off of um, what I mean, what we even said was probably one of the greatest matches in Okada and Kenny. Yeah, uh, it was a it's just an awesome card. I almost think this is a more rewatchable match because it's 30 minutes. It's telling more of a story yeah. that's not as emotional and invested. Yes. And like I said, what, what like, does this set up? Yeah, like I tweeted out after like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's watch the whole thing again. Yeah, why, why not? Because like, I never, I never like watched the replays of pay-per-views because like I just watched it. But it's I watched this hours, one again. Five, yeah. And then you had the all the, for lack of a better term, white boy, Bullet Club members huddled together in the ring like, what just happened? Yeah, we just and lost some of the the most dangerous members of our group. And the Tongan faction with the Tongan flag walking up saying, this is the real Bullet Club. Yeah, we have no leaders, Yeah, which seems equals. to be the really sticking point. Yeah. Um. So uh, where do we go from here? It's going to be really interesting going to the G1. The G1 and who knows, maybe even all in with this. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it's going to be told in, in yeah. that too. So that'll be a really interesting thing to keep up on. Yeah. Uh, and there you go with the amazing storytelling that is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to like study how they tell such more effective stories because, like, they their promos are only after the match. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Uh, this is why I think because their storytelling is more physical than just cutting a promo. You they, know, they cut very few promos. Yeah, it, they the, do promo packages. Yeah, often. their storytelling is this. This is our this is our storytelling is in the ring. Yeah, let's do it out here in front of the people. Get really good hardcore physicality. And we're not so dependent on a 25-minute show-opening promo. Yeah. And also, it almost seems like they don't have to spell it out so much with New Japan. Or yeah. they don't have to tell you, oh, they just broke off and became their own faction. Yeah. The fact that they attacked the guys and put shirts on, you know. like you, it, it, Back in the 90s, they would have spelled that out with the commentary. It's like, what is this? Is this a new fact? You know, yeah. They would have what oversold it. What is going on here? I was almost expected with Jim Ross and commentary, but he yeah. was very subdued. He like he fits in with the New Japan style very he's, well. He knows what he's doing with New Japan. He's yeah. adapted to the style. But after the fact, you get Cody helping Kenny up off the mat. Yeah, yeah. and and embracing. So yes. Bullet Club is fine, more well, or less. Yeah, the the uh, you know the in the in the way that we Bullet Club that we thought wasn't fine is fine. fine. The Bullet Club we thought was fine is not fine. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a, it's a, it's mix. a good Russo swerve. Oh yeah, yeah fuck that. The guy. best. I love I love the uh, the embrace at the end. It is like emotional. Yeah. The crowd eats it up. They love that. Every, everyone is on their feet. Like balloons should have just rained from the ceiling <laughs> at that point. The, all the streamers. Yeah, the fans are incredible. Yeah. It would have been amazing to, see, to have seen that live. But it's going to be interesting if this if, if they do play it out in the G1. I don't know how they're going to do that with the fact that there's the tournament going on. Or if they do it, if they wait till King of Pro Wrestling or do it all in. Or... I can see them doing it a little bit with G1 just in certain matches. Because yeah. like a lot of the times their stories start when matches yeah. like the people get in the ring. They're like, like oh, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd have to look continue. at the blocks to see who's in what block. But I'm sure that some of the Bullet Club and the Bullet are Club be Firing forced. Squad. And that's one of the things I love about coming up to the G1 that I'm yeah. most excited about. About seeing people who... Wouldn't normally be thrown in the ring together, forced to yeah. take each other on. And again, like one of the things that I found the most hilarious was going back to being the elite. The episode that aired after this, all of the you know the bullet couple we thought were feuding, the Cody faction and the Kenny faction, are sitting there in this hotel room just eating, and they're like, "What the fuck was Haku's problem?" <laughs> It's gonna be fun to watch and it see is. what happens. I cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, two amazing 
pay-per-views back-to-back almost. Yeah. You know, this is kind of an extra After one. a this succession their... of pretty mediocre WWE ones. Yeah. And to have two to three really good New Japan ones. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, it seems like the perfect time to start a podcast detailing their, uh, <laughs> their shows because we're yeah. getting some consistently awesome stuff. Um, so that will about just about do it for this episode. So yeah. thank you guys. Uh, be sure if you want, if you think you are as, uh, have as good of a taste as Jim Ross and some other people, go yeah. over to our Twitter and like our shit. And, uh, we just started this. You've heard us talking in the past about the wrestling game that we play. Yes. The wrestling, guess, the wrestling, wrestling guessing, guessing game. game. We've decided to open it up to you guys. Now it is a closed group. So you have to ask for permission to join, but just look up body slam presents the wrestling guessing game compete against us for picks on the New Japan shows, the WWE shows, the NXT shows. I'd love to kick your ass because I'm so much better than you. Yes. But hey, but Facebook. Come feel the pain that I feel every every <laughs> time we do these fucking things. And I get just, so close, but not close <laughs> enough. But just come join us and play against us and see how you stack up against the Body Slam. Boys. Yeah, so go to Facebook and find us at slash Body Slammed, uh, Twitter, Body underscore Slammed, yes. or on Instagram, which will also, I don't know that one off the top of my head because Tyler yeah. takes care of that. I will have that in the show notes at some point. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Oh, yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage, and I've been thinking, thinking, thinking. And if you're thinking you're going to download the Body Slam podcast, oh, yeah, snap into a podcast. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, anyway, where were we?